Chapter 1 Spring High A long, white tongue. That was it. The pilot shoved up the helmet visor, squinted, and shook his head. Well, that's what it looked like, he thought, leaning forward to stare over the canopy rail. Sunlight sparkled on the water, edges feathering as it spat from the green cliffs, then tumbled onto rocks a thousand feet below. Amazing. The pilot risked another long look and saw a copper-colored pool wrapped in floating gray mist. Isn't that beautiful? He flinched, startled. Not the normal type of radio call one heard on a combat mission, especially this one. Captain Vic Vizcara, flying as Rambler 2 today, watched the magnificent sight disappear as the four F-105 fighters rumbled past, accelerating to 480 knots over northern Laos. Extra chatter on the way into Vietnam was never good, so he merely double-clicked the mic. Vic was certain the flight leader, Major Art Mearns, would have something to say about it later when they landed. Powerful and big, the F-105 was built to fly fast and dangerously low. Nicknamed the Thud, it was designed to drop tactical nuclear bombs on the Soviet Union, though by necessity it was now being used in a different war for completely different reasons. Wriggling his shoulders against the seat harness, Vic stared out at the untamed highlands of the border provinces, struck as always by their untamed beauty. Hope I never go down here, the pilot shook his head. Like old teeth, Weathered gray rock formations poked up through the startling green foliage, and far off to the right, layered in shimmering indigo shades, lay the Gulf of Tonkin. Left of the fighters, some sixty miles north between Vietnam and Laos, he could see the peanut-shaped valley of Dien Bien Phu. France's colonial empire had met its fate there, and Vic had very nearly met his own three days ago on another strike mission. Another place I hope I never see again. He chuckled humorlessly. Today was different. Today was revenge. Forty-eight F-105s out of Thailand were headed into North Vietnam to obliterate the SAM sites that killed Leopard 2 three days earlier. Forty-six actually got over the target. Two thuds from Karat aborted. Rambler was part of six flights from Tak Lee, named for classic automobiles while Karat's six flights of four thuds were named for trees. As the distant valley passed away under his wing, the four fighters headed northeast and began dropping steadily. Vic's eyes continuously measured distances, speeds, and the other jets around him. His left hand subtly slid the throttle forward and back, adding and taking away power while his right hand gently twitched the stick. Well-designed and relatively roomy, the thud cockpit was set up around a T-shaped center console. Every few seconds, Vic glanced inside the cockpit and cross-checked a gauge or switch. He didn't bother with the big attitude indicator or horizontal situation indicator in the middle console just forward of the stick. Neither did the side consoles by his knees concern him, as they mostly contained radios, lighting, and other miscellaneous systems he'd set up on the ground. The combining glass a transparent rectangle mounted directly above the glare shield, did get a look, and Vic could plainly see its multi-ringed bright orange circle glowing against the afternoon sun. Normally he would use it for aiming, and it could be set for the airspeed, altitude, and weapons required on an attack. 
Not that it would matter today since they would be dropping on their leader's command, World War II on the Somme. His dark eyes blazed briefly at the thought. We'll see. Passing through 10,000 feet, Vic looked around at Laos. The plain of jars was well behind them. Just to the right of his nose lay the Barthelemy Pass, a narrow gap through the border mountains. In the steep valley along the foothills, he caught the metallic gleam of the Ma River, and he frowned. They'd have to get down quicker since the ingress plan was to cross into North Vietnam at 100 feet and 480 knots. Hidden in rough terrain, the thuds should be invisible to any watching radars, and at that speed they'd cover 60 miles to the next turn point in eight minutes. Too quick, hopefully, for any sort of detection or counterattack from the North Vietnamese Air Force and its MiG fighters. Green em up. Major Mearns sounded tense. Passing 5,000 feet, the dive steepened as the mountains loomed ahead, and Vic cracked the throttle back a bit. Eyeballing the armament selector switches at the bottom left of the center console, he knew there'd be no time to check again in a few minutes. The weapon select knob was set for conventional bombs, meaning no nukes and the mode selected was for manual delivery. It was really the only way to use the four big BLU-27 canisters, two under the wings and two more on a belly-mounted multiple ejector rack. Glancing left again, he caught Rambler 1 rocking his wings. Taking another quick glimpse inside, he squinted as he scanned the smaller engine and fuel gauges on the bottom right of the center console. Tachometer, oil pressure, and all three hydraulic systems were in the green reading just what they should.